Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, guys? So welcome to the latest episode of River City 93, brought to you by Roughnecks Cars, Icarus FC, and of course, for the culture. This is your host, as always, Elliot Barr, and I'm joined by two men that think that darn smart isn't smart, but he's smart enough to take a dive. It's Shanir and Matt. How are you guys? Eh. <laughs> That's a perfect way to start off the episode. I think Shanir... Shanir, are you there? Oh, Lord. How are we losing there at the beginning of the episode? Well, as most virtual fitness fans know. Oh, what? I was going to say, you know, very fitting uh, based on how the weekend went. Yeah, you know, rain, muggy. It's very different from how it is today to how it was yesterday. Like, I don't know what it was, man. Yesterday, it just felt like nothing was going to work. You, you know how you usually sit in that game? You're just like, yeah, nothing is working, and I don't know what's going to happen. That's how yesterday felt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not a great you know, game. Uh, you know, Obviously, if you're listening to this, you probably already know the result. You know, ends up losing one nothing to you know, Greenville, a 10-man Greenville, you know, at that, uh, you know, on an own goal. Uh, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll go into the you know, details of it all. You know, after you know, thinking about it, reflecting on it, I don't think you know the team necessarily played. Uh, I, I certainly don't think they deserve to win. I don't think they deserve to lose either. Yeah, there's a lot to work on there. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It doesn't feel like the team deserved to lose, but we didn't do enough to put ourselves in a situation to win. It really just felt like the own goal came across came across the run of play. Um, Darren Sawaski mentioned it in his post game show that you know. Greenville really only crossed the halfway line like one, I mean, four, maybe five times. And the one time they did cross it, crossed it across, made a cross in the box. Luke just kind of inadvertently cuts it out. So, but um, let's go ahead and look at this lineup. I mean, pretty much is the kind of lineup we expected to be. Only thing the real difference was Luke Pavone was making a start this year, uh, coming in for Ian Anley that went out with the knee injury against Revs, too. Everything else seemed the same. Um, for Greenville this time around, it was interesting to see how they were lining up as well. You had Dollar Smart making his debut for Greenville. You also had um, Morale that we're going to talk about in that red card he got for throwing up that elbow. And Loomis getting his start as a striker, the former North Carolina FC striker. So this is the Greenville team that we kind of all expected. I wasn't expecting to see them push up the field as much as they were, um, as they normally did. What were you thinking about it, Matt? Oh, it was interesting. Uh, the big surprise for me at first was uh, Alex Morrell being on the bench, but when I stopped and actually you know, thought about you know the roster, they have you know good you know four or five legitimate attacking options, so you can be able to see you know a difference 
you know, game to game. You have uh, you know Lomas, you have Don Smart, you have Alex you know, Morrell, you have you know Lachlan McLean. Uh, I mean, those are all guys who are you know, starter worthy, you know, in this league. Uh, so somebody's going to have to you know, sit. You know, if they're going to still be able to fit you know, Aaron Walker, Noah Pilato into the midfield, you know, there and actually be able to not just you know be a team that has six attackers and leaves their defense off on an island. And their defense is good enough; they might be able to pull that off anyway. Uh, but you know, there's glue guys in there, so somebody's got to sit. So once they got you know at that little initial surprise, uh, you know. It made sense to me. They had a really you know, balanced attack. Uh, and they've been talking in preseason about how they were going to be trying to you know, push forward, you know, more be uh, a little bit more of an exciting you know, brand of soccer this year. Yeah, I figured some of that was just you know what everybody always says during preseason. I don't think any you know, team ever has gone into you know, the season saying, "Hey, we're going to you know, be a, a we're defending champions. We're going to come in and try to you know bunker, smash, and grab." Uh, but yeah, and. Granted, we only saw 40 minutes of what they probably really intend to do, uh, but you know they they were effective with possession. They were effective getting out wide a lot of times. How you know how much came out of that? Yeah, you know, I think that's going to you know show a little bit more later on in the year. You know when they were playing against other teams, I think our defense is you know, still quite good. Uh, but yeah, yeah, they have a good team. You can't nobody nobody should be denying that. Yeah, no, I, I believe that as well. Is even with even with the rare card, I did feel as if like we were going to overly dominate Greenville because, as we know, Greenville the last two years has probably been one of, if not the best defensive team in USL League One. Um, the first half, I gotta say, outside of Akira kind of having to save off of the uh, free kick, it, it hit the post and then Akira saved it. I gotta say, I asked for a lot of possession this week. I wasn't actually for possession in our own third and definitely in our own box. And we saw a lot of that in the first half. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on the first half? Like, it just seemed like the kickers were, were struggling of trying to open up Greenville and trying to get in behind them. Um, strangely enough, with the possession you're talking about, I think where the problem was when we did go on the attack, I think we tried to go on the attack too quickly. And Greenville doesn't have a very high line. Because they don't have a very high line, the whole trying to get the pace in behind doesn't really work. Um, I think trying to connect through the midfield and connecting into their final third is was more of a better tactic to use uh, from what I saw against this Greenville team. It made more sense to... Basically, like I said, just work your way up the field rather than try and catch them on the counter. Um, that worked very well last week with New England. I mean, we it it was it was almost like men against boys last week. But Greenville play w- so much further back. They play more disciplined defensively. I think trying to win on the counter. You saw Bulldog and um, uh, Bolanos actually kind of getting run out of bounds a lot of times. Or the ball getting overhit, and especially with a wet wet surface, a ball. Of course, the ball will skip, but there were a lot of situations in which you saw like there wasn't enough space in behind for them to get to the ball before it either went out of bounds, went wide, got to the keeper. So I think that's where we lost a lot of our possession and a lot of our chances. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it too is that you know, a yeah, you get a little bit of benefit if you you know have you know get one game of game tape on a team and they don't have any on you yet. 
Yeah, right. So I think you know they saw you know that okay, this team can counter well. They can be able to you know go hit you fast, so we have to be ready for that. So I think that's a little bit you know of it. But they, what I think they really did well is you know, that Walker Pilato combo I was talking about. They did a really good job in the first half, you know, taking uh, Terzaghi out of the game. You know, Elliot, you and I talked about that, you know, during halftime. So we got, you know, Emmy's got to get on the ball, you know, more. He's you know, our best player. He's the league MVP. And, you know, how how involved was he really, you know, in that first half? You know, so they cut off, you know, that which left, you know, Hernan off on an island on his own, you know, you're trying to post up, you know, against you know, two, you know, big defenders. You know, back there, you could see him get a little bit you know, frustrated with that because even when he would win a ball, nobody was there to win a second ball. You know, as a result, they would just get you know, cleaned up most of the time. So uh, I think part of it, you know, Greenville had a really good you know, game plan on how to neutralize you know what we knew was you know likely to be you know, the game plan. Uh, you know, but at the same time, I think uh, you know, like you were saying at first, Elliot, you know, a lot of passing. You know, in the back third, you know, we saw Zaka dropping really far back uh, to be able to, you know, uh, retrieve the ball, you know, almost in line with, uh, you know, the defenders, not even a little bit deeper at times. And, you know, I, I don't know if that's by design. I don't know if that was just a, I need to get on the ball, you know, sort of thing. Uh, I think that'll we'll get a better idea of that as the season goes along, which one of those it is. But, uh, you know, all those things, I think, you know, helped, you know, to keep us from you know, being as, uh, impactful you know, moving forward as maybe you know, optimally could have been. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that their preferred formation going into the start of this year, of course, is the four one four one. Um, and the way how it's set up is, and Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, because we were both there. It seemed like the wide players, like Matt and Bologna's, are set pretty much to put their heels on the touchline, and Zop is kind of pretty much in the middle where you have Locke. And Chizagi, and of course, like you know, in the four one four one, the striker is pretty much up there by himself. But if he does, if he wins that first ball, and he knocks it down. You're pretty much expecting either Chizagi or Flack to run on getting into that second ball, or if you spread it out wide for the wide players to have space. And it just never really seemed like any of that was clicking. Um, a lot of the balls that was kind of kicked up to Hernan, like you said, were kind of just being scooped up and picked off. It was kind of like he was on an island by himself. And, I don't think at this level you're not going to have a lot of players that not only are they gonna be able to win that battle up in the air, but when that one-on-one -on -one battle is it, not going to click as much. Um, but, I mean, the first half, any other thoughts on the first half before we move on into the second half and the disastrous own goal that happened? Yeah. So I think, you know, the other two points of you know, note that haven't come up already in the first half. Uh, so you already mentioned that, you know, the one dangerous chance Greenville had where uh, it was kind of off the post, kind of a safe by a carry. I couldn't, it was hard to you know, you tell what the sequencing was there, but that was Greenville's one big chance. Uh, you know, I thought you know, even before the red card came along, uh, you know, the kickers got one good you know, chance. Uh, it, you know, Emmy did get on the ball that one time, you know, somewhere, you know, in the, uh, near the top of the box, I uh, was able to you know, turn, but, you know, shot went right to Dallas J. Uh, and sadly, I think that's the last time that he was, even remotely sweating anything all game, even though his team was down a man for 50 minutes. That's not a great combination, right? Yeah, yeah, not at all. I mean, that red card kind of happened. I think the game was already getting, like, very chippy. Um, well, at least, I, I think I told you at one point, I think I turned around at one point, I was like, yo, 
it wouldn't shock me if Zaka gets sent off because um, he was going into some tackles heavy. Um, morale, of course, he kind of threw the elbow up. It was a red card. And at that moment, the take went hard. That's not why he got sent off, though. Oh, he sent off or not. Was it? No, he, it was a second I thought I saw him put the elbow up. Oh, okay. Oh, it, well, no, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. You know, so what was going on was, uh, you know, I don't remember what the exact play before it was, but the ball got cleared out, and Blonnie's actually got off on a little bit of a break. You know, he was going more down the sideline and everything, so I don't know how dangerous it was really going to be, you know, but, you know, Cesar Murillo decides to just go and, you know, kind of give him the, you know, hip check, shoulder check, you know, clear him out. You know, professional foul makes tons of sense in the world to do if you're not already on a yellow card. Yeah, I mean, it was the yeah. most obvious yellow card that's, you can have. That's, that's and very sure. Didn't really have, a, you know, the ref didn't have a choice at that point. No. I mean, at that point, you kind of pretty much got to give him the card and be like, all right, look. <laughs> he, didn't put, he didn't put himself in a good moment. Um, we did also see, and I think going into halftime, what do you think Darren Words was the team at halftime? I, I imagine it had to be the fact of, Either a a formation change or like b hey we got to figure out a way how to get like our playmakers like Emmy like Bolaños like Matt on the ball more in more dangerous spaces. Um, what do you guys think about that? I think they they did do a better job of uh, creating some more dangerous chances. I mean, there was the situation in the first half. Terzaghi got that ball in the middle, but he ended up kind of daisy cuttering it right to the goalkeeper but second half you did see a little more intent you did see a little more intensity going forward um especially after we went down a goal um you saw you saw the kickers literally go into full all-out attack i feel that it was too little too late by then so you have a situation where a team has gone down a man most of the time nine times out of 10 that team will hunker down and the moment they go one up then you're in a situation where they completely parked the bus the emergency break is up and everything so that made things so much harder for us to get through even after uh, I, was gonna say, I think I don't think you know Greenville is you know, going to be upset if they got out of there zero zero even straight from halftime they took Lomas off at halftime put in another midfielder you know, at that point. So, uh, again, it makes sense. They had to right back, you know, sent off. So they're, you know, of course, going to have to, you know, reshape themselves at halftime, get into something that makes a little bit more sense, you know, for them. Uh, but I don't, I don't think they really might, would have, you know, been upset if they didn't get a shot off at the whole second half. Uh, and they were able to walk out of there with, you know, zero, zero. I think it was an added bonus, you know, for them that they, you know, were able to, you know, get the extra points. Uh, but, yeah, you know, Shanir, what you were saying, you know, there. Uh, yeah, the intensity didn't really seem to pick up until after the team went down. And, you know, for me, that's a little bit of a problem, right? You know, you have that golden opportunity, you know, to be able to take all three points. And what, what you know, what moment in the first, you know, half hour of that second half, it really stands out to you as, oh, wow, these guys look like they might score. I don't have one. Yeah, no. Um, it seemed like a lot of the possession was in, like, I, I kind of call it that no-man's area between the 18 and the half-yard box. It wasn't really a lot going on. It just seemed like they were trying to build up the play, trying to break them down. And, like, we've 
keep saying it again. Greenville is one of the best teams defensively. They're, you know, this team won a championship pretty much off of defense. So you're not just going to be able to dribble the ball from the box and pull plays out of position. They're too smart for that. And it just never felt like they kind of picked up the momentum. I think even at one point where they bring Hernan on and Darren Zawazi talked about it again in the postgame show about how they brought Hernan off because um, he was pretty much getting beat up in the one-on-ones. They dropped Trezavi got more the striker. They brought O'Neal just, just to create more playmaking opportunities. But it just never felt as if anything was really clicking. It just always felt like we were – we're in our own head. Like everything was a step too slow. The ball was just moving too slow. Even when we had a half chance, it was a green we had two, three players there. You know, it's never really opened up to a proper chance on goal to where we threatened Jay or put him any under kind of pressure. I honestly think the entire night he might have only faced one shot. And once again, that was the half shot from Emmy in the first half. So Yeah, he only had one save and uh, you know, even you know, once the changes you know, were made, and you know the team was really pushing forward, pushing forward. What was it? Only that you know, one uh, Olex you know, shot in like the 92nd minute or something that uh, you know ended up you know, you know going a couple yards you know, wide. But even the last you know 15 or so, I think that's the only thing that even looked remotely dangerous. They were they did a great job of you know just you know hoovering up every cross, you know cutting out you know every you know, pass, and you know just forcing our guys to continuously <clears throat> cycle back. You know, into the defense. You know, uh, you know, getting you know Luke, Jalen, you know Ivan, and uh, you know Monty to be the main guys on the ball. And love those guys, but if you need to chase a goal, those aren't the guys we need on the on the ball. Yeah, yeah. And one thing that in the first half that kind of I think really switched a lot was everything was being played on that left hand side in the first half. So this is where we're the defense is kind of sitting in the section O corner. Um, and I think me and you talked about like in the game, like that's done really just to protect Luke because you don't want to put him in an opportunity where, all right, we're putting you in the ball and Greenville knows that, like, you know, you're not the starting right back. You know, you're you're not really there. Um, so everything was playing down on the left side. It put Monty out a lot of pressure. It put Avon into a lot of pressure. And I was realizing this, I think it's more of a trend. I don't think Avon is doing this because he thinks like, oh, this is what I need to do. Um he would kind of get collect the ball, roll around, kind of, I want to say roll around, but kind of like roll out. Um, and then kind of kick the ball up the sideline to either Belongos or Hernan to get the knockdown ball. And it just seemed like that kind of play was never really clicking. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's one of those things where when you you know keep seeing it, you know, you start to think, okay, well, this might actually be directive. This might actually be you know the game plan instead of just okay, you know. This guy just you know, keeps on trying something. You know, one or two times might just be you know somebody you know taking a shot. You know, giving a you know giving something a speculative chance. You see it time and time again. You, know, you got to figure that's you know coming from the practice field, right? Because otherwise, you know, I, I can't imagine Darren doesn't want that happening. That uh, he's not going to let the guys know on the field. Hey, you know, cut that out. Yeah, yeah, it it, it just seemed as if like we were all concentrating on the left side and not going to the second. Welcome, man. I think then they kind of felt better. Like, all right, we can put the ball in Luke's hands, kind of let him, I guess, quote, unquote, kind of play that wingback spot almost. He wasn't really playing right back. It was more of a wingback spot. Um, and once Darren talked about it again in the postgame show, about how Luke has been training as a right back. So he is pretty much the team of the right back because um, Bonte was on the, ro- on the roster and Anley's out with injury. 
Uh, he, he he talked about how you know Luke's done well in that spot, but he needs Luke and Matt to work better in their communication. And the communication part is only going to work in game opportunities. You know, when you're on the field in live situations, and you saw a lot of it. There was a lot of chances where Luke and Matt. One had the idea like, oh, I'm going to cut it inside. The other one was like, oh, I'm going to say why. And it just never really connected with those two. Now, in the midfield part, moving on, how do we kind of fix this midfield, this midfield trio with Flack, Emmy, and Zaka? Because it just seems as if it's not enough creativity in that situation right now. Like, it doesn't feel as if it's as balanced with anything, or it's just early days and we just – can because the team that's just very, you know, defensively solid and just cuts out any chance you have to score a goal. Um, I think it's a kind of two things at the same time. Um, you're looking at a situation of a midfield three that are not yet quite yet gelling like they should. But I think the key word there is yet, because I think there is something there that I think it'll it'll take a little bit of time. It'll take a little bit of, you know, them a, a couple of games for them to really start to get to the point where they starting to really understand each other in that midfield. But also at the same time, I do see a little bit of a reserved three when we need a more creative and forward-thinking attacking three. Um, yes, there needs to be defensive responsibility. They do need to, especially um, uh, Falcon Zaka, definitely need to protect that back line. But there does need to be a little bit more in the attack. I see uh, Emmy in the attack as, as he was last season. But the other two, are, they seem to be shy to move forward. Yeah, so so I know you guys last year were big fans of you know Emmy trying to you know kind of dropping back into that ten spot. I I wasn't a fan of it. You know, really, you know, you best player, best goal scorer. I want him as close to the goal as possible. You know, most of the time, and I think you know I understand why he's been you know slid back there because you know, he is good on the ball. He is uh, deceptively quick. I wouldn't say he's fast, but he's quick uh, with the ball on his feet. Uh, but you know, I, I don't know if it you know makes it too easy for him to get marked out of games, uh, you know, that way and be able to uh, you know unbalance anything because you know, think back to the last you know, five six games of last year, goal scoring was not great you know for the team that you know, it was more of the time when he started to you know, play a lot more full time in the midfield, uh, so I don't know, I'm I'd be interested in seeing him you know take another you know shot. You know, up front, it might you mean you have to you know adjust the formation a little bit, but you know maybe you have you know him and Hernan up top together. Uh, maybe you you know play him and uh, Oluk together. Uh, you know up top, you know that combination seemed to be you know, decent uh, in those moments last year. But I think that's where you might be able to mix things up, and then you can you know put in some different guys into the midfield you know slots and figure out how you want that you know to work. So that's my thought on it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think the thing with Emmy kind of dropping back to the same was we were all thinking, like, all right, we have a proper striker now, so dropping Emmy back or letting him be the second striker. But we can see it right now. Right, teams are really picking up on it. I think it doesn't help either when you have the wingers, you know, out there on the touchline. Now, 
once again, we're not in training, so we don't know what Darren Watson is exactly telling these guys to do. Um, but it's just seeing it in person the last two games, it just feels as if, like, all right, unless we are sitting back, and, and this does feel different. Like, it feels like Darren against Greenville was like, all right, cool, y'all can have the ball, y'all can be more um, more ball dominant, we'll just sit back and counter. It felt like in this game, we were more comfortable of, like, all right, we want to be on the ball, we want to be um, one pushing the tempo. And I hate to say it, but it kind of felt like it worked in the Greenville's, you know, it worked in the Greenville's hand. Now, with the own goal that happened, what we saw was, I think I texted about it, about how I feel as if, Chrysler has to do a better job of of stepping to that ball before Luke gets there. And I don't know if there was a communication back there or if Luke just, I'm just going to get to this ball and try to clear it out. I, I think there's you know, a little bit of that on the communication note too. I think you got to put a little bit of that on Hira as well. You know, he's you know, able to see you know, where everybody is. You know, he should be able to let, you know, you know, get a shout out to Luke of, Hey, you know, time, you know, none of the Greenville guys, actually ended up making the run at all you know there were you know a couple guys you know that ended up being like you know five ten yards off the play but they weren't putting pressure you know on luke in that you know instant there's no way for him to necessarily know that he has to kind of you know be able to go for that so he has to get you know the communication from somewhere else and you know that's your that's your goalkeeper right there that's you know your coach you know right there that needs to be able to uh be a little more clear and look for all we know because we're on the other end of the stadium there was a communication, you know, maybe there was, and, you know, didn't register. He didn't hear it, you know, tons of different reasons. So, you know, I don't think we can definitively say what happened there, but, you know, those are certainly, you know, little bits of theory. So, uh, but I mean, what it boils down to is I don't think he can pin this 100%, you know, on Luke, obviously he has to shoulder the most of it because he did, uh, you know, make the touch that, you know, ultimately put it, you know, in, uh, you know, his name's on the you know, score sheet, you know, there, but uh, it's not a hundred percent you know, on a defender when that happens, it's a, you know, there's multiple pieces that go into a breakdown like that. Yeah, honestly. I mean, obviously the cross that came in, that has to be cut out way lot sooner than it was before. Um, of course, communication. But this is, I, I wouldn't say the opening day, but this is like the second time we've had a game against Greenville going back to last year, the uh, start of the year, where pretty much Greenville has beat us because of own goals. <laughs> It's not like Riva has to be honest with you, throughout the whole game, it wasn't like Riva was green chasing, even when it was eleven v eleven. So really like it just felt like we let this game get away from us because of one defensive mishap. But like we we started off earlier, it's not like we put ourselves in a position to actually come out here and win this game because we didn't make those half chances and the great chances, you know. Didn't even make the quarter chances and the half chances. Exactly. Yeah. Um. I, I do feel that. Um. In this situation, the only. The only fault I can give uh, Luke Pavone on this is staying closer to his man. Um. If he is marking that left winger a little more closely, he's a little further away from that cross and with more time to react to it, to redirect it. When you look at at the moment when Luke Pavone strikes that ball into the back of his own net, he is probably about 8 to 10 yards closer to the cross 
than the man he's supposed to be marking. So in that situation, yes, he has to make a play on the ball because if that ball gets past him, it's a tap in. And the ball is way too far away from Akira for Akira to be. Then that allows him plenty more reaction time to redirect the ball in a situation where it would be away from the goal rather than he's at an angle where he just has to try and get a foot on it. Yeah, the, the only thing that worries me is that I can't remember exactly what minute it was. It was midway through the you know, first half. You know, though there's another one that you know Luke you know you know, cut out you know across that was you know coming down you know the Greenville right side. So uh, you know coming down our left side and you know, he he cleared it out for a corner, but you know, from our angle it looked perilously close to just being rifled right into the upper ninety. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, <laughs> yeah so that might be a little bit. That might be a little bit of you know still the learning curve of, uh, you know, playing that position. But uh, yeah, you know, twice you know, starts to lean towards a pattern. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, we didn't see it much in in the we didn't see anything of that sort in the New England game. But then again, it's probably a situation of he's not completely sure of that, <clears throat> of that position and the wet conditions made for a disaster. <laughs> yeah. And, and also with all of this that we've been talking about, I mean, the other thing to remember is we were playing Greenville. They're, you know, grudgingly a very good team. Uh, if we, you know, if we see the same sort of thing happening against Fort Lauderdale, against Tormenta, against some of these other teams, okay, then I think we can really put alarm, you know, uh, you know, bells off. But, Right now, I mean, you know, it's a bad break against you know a very good team that had, you know game planned very well for what they knew of you know, what this team is capable of. Yeah, and that's something else that I mentioned in this book. So he was just like, you know, his early days. You know, he is frustrated. He's more frustrated in the fact that they drop points, not necessarily the team, because he's like, you know, the team gave me one hundred percent effort. I'm not frustrated in that, which is more so about like he he'd rather get those early mistakes out now that later in the year, because I think if it happens later in the year, then you know, like, all right, something is clearly wrong, like, if something is not clicking, where if you see it now, you can fix it now, get it get it all sorted out, so hopefully going into our game, and what is it, on Sunday? So we're in this Sunday primetime game, like Sunday night football, uh, 7.30 Eastern on ESPN Plus against Fort Lauderdale 2, and for, honestly, for no reason, I do not understand why we play Fort Lauderdale on Sunday, because it's not like Inter Miami plays on Saturday or you know Sunday afterwards. They play one thirty, I think. I forget. I forgot to get to. I think it's Nashville, but I don't understand why we're playing on Sunday. <laughs> what well, do they play on Saturday? The Inter Miami. No, they play Sunday at one thirty on the road. So I don't know why we're playing on Sunday, which is weird. But we're gonna have a Sunday night kickoff, so that's kind of cool, somewhat. Oh, hey, look, you know, the fact that the MLS team is playing on the same day on the road, it can be good for us because that's going to you know, limit uh, probably the number of guys who randomly, you know, drop down or show up you know, because they're going to have to travel, you know, enough guys to make out a team plus, you know, a guy or two just in case somebody picks up a injury, uh, you know, in warmups or whatever. So we've all been you know, through enough of those by now where you're playing a two team and it's, oh, this guy's playing today. All right. Uh, I mean, we even saw a little bit of that in New England. Uh, so I'm okay with it if they, they want to limit you know, those kind of oddities from occurring. Yeah. 
Nothing will beat it. I think it was uh, 2019 where uh, Ricardo Pepe showed up <laughs> in Richmond at halftime and decided to score like a hat trick against us. We were like, huh, <laughs> this is. I, I don't really count that. He wasn't, he wasn't really a first team player. He was still 16 years old. He just you know, beat us down because he's good and that team was not good. Yeah, uh, sure. Um, so, yeah, like I said, we play Fort Lauderdale. This Fort Lauderdale team, real quick, when we go into the breakdown, I have to say they have probably impressed me the most. I mean, it's only been, what, uh, two, three games into the early start of the year, but they've been very impressive. I mean, unfortunately, they got slapped outside the head against North Texas last night, um, letting their four goals. But this Fort Lauderdale team has created chances. They've been dangerous. Dangerous. Um, I, I want to say they're possession based. They're more of a balanced squad, a balanced attacking squad. But they 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 show some a different kind of grit than what they were last year. Most definitely, they're okay. Yeah, I mean, they're <laughs> not bad. You know, but yeah, I've watched pieces of each of their games. Uh, I was surprised you know, last night. You know that they you know, were able to put together uh, a little bit more impressive of an attack uh, against North Texas. I don't. It could be North Texas just likes to play really open, and you know, they're going to have shootouts you know, quite a bit. That's kind of been their mo in the past. Uh, but this is also New England. I mean, this is also Fort Lauderdale team that got shut out by New England. Uh, you know, yeah, they beat you know, Tormenta, but I don't think Tormenta is going to be any good at all this year. Uh, so I think I think Fort Lauderdale will be fine. We, you certainly have to show up. It's not something a game where they're going to be able to you know, fly down to Florida, you know, expect a walkover and go party on the beach after the game like it's no big thing because it's Florida. Uh, but you know, I think there's every reason to think you know, this team is good enough that they'll be able to take care of them. I mean, you got to watch out for like Sean Hundall. Uh, you know, he yeah. played against him when he was with Toronto too. Uh, you know, for quite a few years. Uh, you got like you know Ashcona, uh, you know Costa. You know, some guys who can be interesting. But you know, I, I'm not ready to go so far as you know. I've been really impressed by them. Difference towards last year is to see it seemed like they seemed really just rely heavily on Ricky Espin Los, uh, Lopez just to you know create every single chance for them. Um, I forgot the other guy, uh, Edwin Souza, right? I think he's out of Colombia now. Um, but now this you know it's a little bit different, so I wonder how Darren's going to go into this game. I'm imagining there we're going to see a formation change and a, maybe a lineup change here and there. Um, you know, Neil Vigneault's got his debut, um, I want to say, well, 15, 20 minutes ago against Greenville. So I'm expecting him to probably get a start in there. Maybe when not. I'm imagining going into this game, we're going to see a little bit more of the ball versus um, like how we did with Greenville. I'm imagining Fort Lauderdale is probably going to, I mean, Fort Lauderdale is probably going to be sitting back and kind of let us possess more. So we need to make sure that we have people that are capable of unlocking defenses and creating the chances um, in the final third, because that's something that we seem to have struggled with, um, you know, in the last two games. Yeah, I, I think probably might see a lineup change or two. I'm not convinced that he's going to change the shape up you know, quite yet. Uh, I think they've probably been training in the same you know, base. Uh, and I know you, I know you, you view it as 4-1-4. When I look at it more, it's 4-3-3. I think that's kind of just a, you know, perspective issue more than, anything else. Uh, but I think, you know, they're going to keep the same general shape, at least you know, for now. I don't think they're going to throw it out after one, you know, game, you know, against a really good 
you know, team. Uh, I think it's, you know, because I mean, if you look at it, you know, they have, you know, possible alternatives. You have like, you know, Olex, you know, could be able to come in. Yeah, he could play the center, you know, role, but he's really probably better out wide, right? Where he could really be able to utilize more of his speed. Yet, uh, Stanley, he's probably a little more like to like, you know, with that. I think the way that the team's kind of set up, you have, you have like, you know, Vickers, that's, He's probably going to be a little bit more of a wide guy. I think it you know, fits more towards the shape that they've been playing. It probably could change it, but I don't think it's going to happen yet. Shinner, anything for you, my man? Um, no, I, I just, I, I feel that at this point we're looking at a team that is starting to gel. Um, if you try and change too much, then you're literally starting that process all over again. So, yeah. A little tough game against Greenville, but I do feel that there are some positives to take away from that. Um, literally, the one thing that I'd say is please, please, please do not have another game where Akir Fitzgerald is man of the match. I don't <laughs> want to see that again because what that implies is something that just brings us back to a couple of years ago when it was literally a slugfest trying to get through the season. Um, when literally almost every other game, your goalkeeper is man of the match. That means something's wrong with the squad. So yeah, it, it was a tough game. It was a doozy. It was in the rain. We uh, gave away an, uh, an own goal. But let's keep Akira off that man of the match, Chief. All right. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I disagree with the man in the match. I think the most, I think the dangerous player, the most impactful player on the game yesterday was Bolognos. Um, when he got on the ball, he was creating chances. I mean, of course, he got fouled a bunch. Um, but he he was very dangerous on that wing. I, I really feel like he, if there was a man in the match, I don't see why you're giving a man in the match in a losing effort. I don't see the point of that, but that's just me. Um, but if we had to get Sponsor, one, I, I'd give it the Sponsor. Yeah. Probably so. Sponsorships. Um, but I would have given him the Bolaños. Yeah, to be honest <laughs> with you, I think that position wins man of the match because when Bolaños came off and o- Olex came on, he was on fire as well. I mean, he almost put a chance in. He was, you know, causing some real damage down that wing. So literally, the it, it, it was that position that literally was held down. I don't know if it was that side was weak for Greenville, and that's something that maybe Darren could look at and see if maybe can we capitalize on that left flank. Yeah. Uh, for for me, I, I think Akira probably got a little bit as a placeholder for lack of any it other option. Wasn't. Yeah, I think, you know, like I was saying, I think, you know, Akira pick might have been a little bit of a, just a default placeholder for lack of other options. Uh, I hear what you're saying about you know, Bolaños. Hard for me to give man of the match you know, to an attacking player when the team only gets one shot on target the entire game. Yeah. Uh, I probably would have, you know, gone, you know, take your pick of you know Ivan or uh, you know Jalen in the back. They both did a, they cut out a lot of you know dangerous attacks. A lot of you know it's not you know the glamour spot. And again, it's probably also the same overall concept of if your center defender is man of the match, probably not great things going for you overall. Just like with you know, if your keeper's man of the match, but Say you know, take your pick of one of those two, and that's probably where I would have felt most comfortable you know, giving that award. Yeah, I think Ivan. I think Ivan had like a crazy like he like 
dove from like the penalty spot to like where Akira was standing to head the ball out. I'm like, good God. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, that's a good shout out for them as well. Um, let's go and go into it. Who do you guys think are the lineups for this game? Any crazy changes that we mentioned before, but who do you think starts against for a lot of the on Sunday night football? We need to call John Madden in to do the introductions for this game. Like da 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, I don't wish to change much. I wouldn't be surprised if you see like a change or two. I I can see Olex, you know, coming in, you know, the lineup. Uh, you know, maybe give uh, you know, Boldic, you know, a rest. I think that could be you know a different look you know, for the team. You know, having Boldic come off the bench because uh, while he's you know certainly fast, he's also got a lot more fire. You know, in him, so you could be able to slide him into you know like a midfield type position if you really needed to, you know, as well. And he'll muck it up. He'll get stuck in, you know, in that role if necessary. Uh, so I can see that. Uh, I mean, I can see Olix on either side, honestly. Uh, I mean, the team's a little banged up right now, so it's hard to you know fully say who's going to be you know available. I mean, if you look at the roster, they you know had. Two keepers on the bench, you know, this week. So that kind of gives you, a, you know, idea of how much availability you know there is uh, overall at the moment. So maybe we get a surprise. Maybe somebody's coming back. But I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see any more than one or two changes. To be totally honest. Yeah, I, I'm expecting maybe a, a tweak. I think you might see two up top. Um, and who that two might be? Who knows? Like you say, you could be Amy Haran or a lot. Olex and Hernan or, you know, Stanley, it could be interchange with that. Um, or just bringing the wingers just a little bit closer in so they can get more mix up, not just having their heels in the back line and getting mixed up in the play. But we will see. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what this Richmond team, because I think now it's too early to tell whether or not this Greenfield game is like a make or break is way too early to tell that. But I think after a loss like that, if even where the team definitely afterwards the game, you could tell they were frustrated, they were upset and mad, rightfully so. Um, it's interesting to see how they respond to, you know, going against the whole line of the team. It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, you just got to keep stacking points where you can. I mean, you know, first goal of the season is top six, then you tear up to top four, then you tear up to top two, and then you, you look at, you know, the top, but uh, no, nobody's going to go twenty and no in this league. And yeah. so it's going to, you know, there'll be you know a couple, you know, points dropped here and there along the way for everyone. Just a matter of how you recover from it. Yeah, well, definitely. Um, anything else from you guys before we wrap up this episode, guys? Nah, I think uh... we've covered pretty much everything I can think of. All right. Yeah. You need information there. I know your internet is like all over the place. <laughs> yeah, it's everywhere. It's 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 been absolutely a disaster. I blame my apartment complex because when any every when there's a several people on within the complex, it it's just completely goes to crap. And Sunday night is not exactly a night where people aren't online. Um, but <laughs> one one um one player that I did see 
some positive from when he did come on was uh, Vigneault. When he came on, he, he did look a, quite electric in that midfield. And I'm wondering if that's something we can build on, maybe as a super sub or something of the sort. Because especially if we're playing against a team, especially if we have maybe a small lead, when a team has to step out in order to get something out of the game, I can see him being extremely dangerous. In this game, I saw the intent. I saw the intensity. But because Greenville were literally had literally parked the bus and turned the engine off, he wasn't getting through. So um, I don't know if 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 there's gonna be if we're gonna see more of him, um, maybe as a starter, maybe coming off the bench. Yeah, my guess is to be a starter, but we will see. Um, kick a trans. We will see you guys. For the next episode of River City 93. As always, you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at River City 93. Make sure to interact with us. If you got any questions, let us know. We'll be glad to answer them on the show. So, for Janir, Matt, this is Ellie. We will holler at you guys later. Keep you guys on this side. As always,